the ingredient, and you've got it on and ready to go, and it's powered up, and it's going right now. Thank you, Zach. We now have power. <laughs> the holy recorder showed up. <laughs> Appreciate that, Zach. It is nice to live kind of close to church. I like that. Anyway, there, it's it's a singular. It's a package. They all go together. They're all united because it is the person of Christ here. It's the Holy Spirit. It is God. All of these are. Faithfulness is a fruit that seems to be lacking in our society today. George Gallup of the polling organization, the Gallup Poll, said that our nation faces a crisis that is neither political nor economical. Many people are saying that, you know, the Wall Street and the Dow markets and such. But it's moral and spiritual. It's true, isn't it? That's right. Our society is success-oriented. It's driven by success, to have success. Well, it's biblical to have success. Yeah, you'll see that word. But the true definition, we've seen going through the fruit of the Spirit, how we see, here's what the world takes it as, and here's what the Bible says. Here's what God says. Have you ever noticed they're always at odds? Some of them might look something similar to what God's Word is, but it always falls short. Because they don't understand God. So therefore, they can't understand the depth of that term and what it really means. Uh, We have television programs that exalt the lifestyles of the rich and famous. But God's standard for success is quite different, isn't it? God says that faithfulness is the basic foundation, the very rudiments, the fundamental ingredient of character. Faithfulness. It's gone by the wayside in our time. God is more interested in your faithfulness than any performance, any kind of accomplishments that you can do. He is interested in your faithfulness. That is what He's after. He's not interested in your status, who you are in this world, your wealth. He looks at your faithfulness to His will. And you'll not know God's blessing apart from Faithfulness. That's why the world can't know what faithfulness is. When we are faithful to Him because of the fruit of the Spirit, then you know what? We will also be faithful to people around us because it will bloom out. And so our faithfulness to God will be seen as it goes to others. Same way with love and joy and peace and all of that, right? And they go hand in hand. So when it's growing in our lives, then it will make an impact on other lives and lives of those around us. If we weren't faithful to come here, and nobody was faithful. I'm unfaithful. The band's not faithful. All the people here, the congregation's not faithful. Then we wouldn't have anything, would we? But you guys are faithful. You have that faithfulness that you keep coming because it's... And it's not so you can please somebody else. But it's because you're faithful to the Lord. And you know, as a result of that, we then are faithful to others. People want to see that in others, don't they? People desperately want to see faithfulness in others. So let's look at it, what it means to be faithful today. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your faithfulness as we will look at First, the faithfulness of God. And may it be really turning the light on in our minds how great we have been so much blessed. The riches of You have been shed out above on us. And as they have been shed abroad to us, all Your love, this faithfulness, Lord, may it really, truly affect our own lives as we look at You and then it spreads out to us. In Your Son's name, Amen. amen. Faithfulness, uh, we know fruit of the Spirit, we already said it. It's, we're in Ephesians or Galatians chapter 5. And we're in verse 22. We, we said it. Uh, we read that. We'll be doing a lot of other verses to support that. Uh, we have one more fruit to go into. And uh, next week, Lord willing, we'll go into that. This time it's faithfulness. Webster, 
The dictionary defines it as firm in adherence to promises or in observance of a duty. Firm in adherence. Adhering to promises. Doing what you say. When you make a promise, then doing it. Oh, observing a duty. Actually doing it. Uh, faithfulness is actually God's attribute of utter dependability. You like that? Utter dependability. The antithesis of everything fickle and everything that fluctuates. He is faithful. He does not ever change. He's a solid rock. You take the Greek word. We'll get into a little more definition now on this, the biblical definition. Greek word is actually pastuo, which is the word faith. And I think in the King James, I think it does say faith. Uh, most other translations will be faithfulness which actually is probably better for us to understand dealing with the context. Uh, Yeah, we are to have faith. And and the words are related, but I think it's better to that because of the company that it is found in with all the other virtues. The other eight virtues are ethical qualities. And it's more likely that faithfulness should be an ethical quality also in us. It's trustworthiness. It's integrity, it's honesty, it's loyalty, it's fidelity. It's someone who can be counted on, to be depended upon, to be trusted in. Not just occasionally, but it's constant, right? That's faithfulness. A faithful person is one who can be trusted on, he can be depended upon. Boy, that's so key when you've been able to when you've had to depend on people and they they're there. They're there for you whenever it needs to be done. Trustworthiness is the characteristic of a man who is reliable. A reliable person. Can you be counted on? Are you reliable or are you fickle, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to try to flesh this out this morning and look at Scripture and look at the deeper meaning in just this, the next 45 minutes. We're going to try to see the deep meaning of this faithfulness and let it ring out. Because like I say, whenever I first start out this, I have to admit, I was saying, okay, Lord, I know there are a lot of scriptures in this. How can I bring this to a message? And how can I understand this? How can, how can I live this? And then bring it to God's people where it will be more enlightening than it ever has been before. And how can I do that? So as you read word and read the word, and then scriptures come, then you listen to other people and read other people's works. Then all of a sudden, it starts to get an idea and forms. And boy, by Saturday night, it's like, wow! I can't wait to share this. Thank you, Lord, because I was wondering how this was going to come out. And uh, so I pray that the Lord uh, speaks through it. It's His power. It certainly is not going to be me, and I'm not going to bring it out the way it ought to be. But, you know, He certainly can to our spirits. What we have to start off with, and I say this all the time, we don't start with, okay, now let's be faithful, people. You know, I can be a coach up here and just, you know, get you all hepped up. And we're going to be faithful. Let's do it. No, we don't start that way, do we? What do we do? We start with the source. We go to the fountain, the fountain of faithfulness. We go to God. We look at God. And we've been looking at the triune God, so put on your Trinity glasses again, right? And we're going to look through Scripture and see the faithfulness of God. And most of our time is going to be spent on that because you already know you're supposed to be faithful. But when we come to the end, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to put it into application because that's what all pastors are to make this do. Let's look at God. Let's see how He's in it. Let's look at the positional aspect but let's let's take this into practice then. So we want to ram it home, and most of it's going to be on a source. In all things, we start with God, right? Mm-hmm. The very foundation. God is faithful. You can say, yeah, I know that. That's right. God is faithful. God always has done what He has always said. He has never said something and not done it. What He says He will do, He will do. God says something, you can count on it happening no matter what, right? He is 100% reliable 100% of the time. And there's not a person in this room that can say He is not. Never, ever can we say that. He does not fail. He does not forget. He does not falter. He does not change. Neither does He disappoint. 
Now, at the time, your own feelings can say, I am disappointed. (laughs) I don't think God is doing what I need to be done. Lewis Sperry Chafer said this, He not only advances and confirms that which is true, but in faithfulness abides, lives by His promises, and executes every threat or warning He has made. (laughs) Even all the things that seem so bad. He says what He means, and He means what He says, and therefore He does everything He says He will do. That is so simple, so easy, but yet we so forget. And I'm here to remind you this morning, we have good news. We have a faithful God. God's faithful relates to some promise that He makes and therefore does everything He says He'll do. He's made these promises. He means it. God's faithful relates to some promise. Look in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Now in Hebrews 11, you have the hall of faith. We're going to look at Sarah just for a moment, just in this verse, Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. When how old was she? Ninety. Even beyond the proper time of life, ninety. Since she considered him what? Faithful. Yes, she has faith. She has faith because he is faithful who had promised. He's faithful to His promises. Faithful. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the sky. Psalm 36.5 Hey, have you ever sung that song? Your love, O Lord, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. That was taken out of that song. You'll notice most of the songs we sing, almost every line has been taken out of Scripture. And if they haven't, they're based upon it. So, you know, that's, uh, that means a lot to us. As we sing those praises, we're, we're saying, You are faithful, God. Reach us to the skies. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23-24. through 24. And as I kept going over through these verses, I go, Oh my, I've read this before, but... It hasn't spoke to me in this way. Because how many times have I preached on faithfulness? Well, not necessarily the the topic itself, but we always talk about how God is faithful. He's going to do what He says, and He's sovereign, right? But look at this. This This is just great. And by the time you get to verse 24, you see what I mean. Now, may the God of peace, we already covered that, haven't we? Himself sanctify you, set you apart entirely. This is a prayer. And may your spirit and soul and body, every part of you, all aspect of you, be preserved. This is a great prayer. Complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's great. Let's look at the next one. Faithful is He who calls you. And He also will bring it to pass. He called you into salvation, didn't He? He was faithful in doing that. And He will make it pass. It will come through. He'll bring it to pass. He will do that. Utter dependability. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Ah, oh, these are exciting. This is straight from God's mouth. Verse 9 God is faithful through whom you were called, remember that? Into fellowship. Fellowship with His Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Is that ever loaded? God is faithful. It sure doesn't seem like it. God is faithful because He called you into salvation. Do you remember that? Just start thinking on that. You could be out there lost and headed for hell with no hope. No Word of God. No truth. Nothing to go on other than what's happening here in this world. Ooh, that is dark. That's deep. Oh, I don't like to think of that. But we think of this, right? How about 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Since you're in Corinthians, just turn over a few chapters. Chapter 10, verse 13. This is good for our soul. Is this medicine, folks? Isn't this good? What about when you get tempted? Verse 13, 10-13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is what? You remember this? Faithful. Wow, that word's there. 
I forgot about that. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. It's not going to necessarily take it away, but that you can go through it and endure it. Hmm. Sometimes He just takes us out of those temptations. And sometimes He lets us go through them. He intends for us to go through those. Because He's faithful. But He'll make sure we can go through it. We trust Him in Him. How about 2 Timothy 2.13? You can say, yeah, He's faithful. I know He's faithful. But as I'm reading this, Dennis, I'll tell you, I haven't very, felt very faithful myself. Kind of convicting. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, He remains faithful. For He cannot deny Himself. Is that grace? Is that mercy? Is that love? It, he is faithful. You can either believe it or not. But He can't deny Himself. So He can't go back on it no matter what. He's already made these promises. He's utter dependable. And He has a covenant with us. But the very foundation of even that covenant, that covenant is very important because that's what God did. It's including us, but let's look at Him. There's a more ultimate foundation. It's because God has allegiance to His name. God's jealousy for the honor of the glory of His throne. God is faithful because of Himself, ultimately. Uh, It's His own name. It's His own glory that's at stake. So if He were to go out on that, then He would not be a faithful God. Of course God keeps His covenant. We know that. He always does. But God keeps His covenant for His name's sake. Not only is it for us, but we know ultimately it's really for His name's sake. We can look upward to the stars of night and we can see the faithfulness of God. You can look at creation. Doesn't creation always grab your interest anyway? So many things there that they keep discovering. They continue. The stars in the heavens. They continue to this day according to His plans for all His servants. These are still feeble. They're still weak. They're they're types. They're symbols as we look at His great creation and how wonderful it is. And He holds them up there on nothing. He created the heavens and the earth and they hang on nothing. There is no logical reason for them to, to stay there. Why aren't they blowing apart? Why, why aren't the atoms splitting? God holds it together. It's a spiritual firmament. There's a brighter constellation in the firmament that is the spiritual aspect, the declaration of the unchanging God. Your Word is forever settled in the heavens. What an assurance, right? The Lord is faithful. The unfaithfulness of the believer, even, never alters God's faithfulness. My soul. He's my anchor. John McDuff, a writer of old, said something that I thought was incredible. My soul... Anchor yourself on this rock of the divine veracity. Take hold of that blessed parenthesis, which has been, to many, a tossed soul. Be as a polar star in the nights of darkness. Macduff went on to say this. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loves them in life. He loves them in death. He loves them through death. And He loves them into glory. You go through some Old Testament passages and we don't have time to go through it. You see faithfulness just constantly. Just the word faithfulness. Oh my, we need to spend weeks. We need to spend months. We need to spend years on the word faithful. But we'll move on to the next group next week. So, I'm going to do as much as I can, which is going to be very little, folks. I wish we had hours. Lamentations 3.23 says His faithfulness is great. And the song, which we're going to sing, it's not in your bulletin, we're going to be singing this after the message. Great is thy faithfulness. 
That comes out of Lamentation 3.23, and I have a little bit of um, some interesting thoughts that I just listened to um, this morning. I had planned to do Great as I Faithless last night, I think, as I thought about it. I didn't tell the band, but they could do it. They already know. But as I looked at that passage, and then I heard this message and read Lamentations, and knowing where that song, Great as I Faithless, came from in Lamentation 3.23, it really is moving. And it tells the character of God in a way that was very enlightening. But that's for a little bit later. Let's move on. Psalm 89.2. I think we read Psalm 89 last week. Um, I think Zach Whitson read that uh, last week. But his it talked about loving kindness and such, right? Goodness, that kind of thing. In Psalm 89.2, it says his faithfulness is established. In Psalm 89.8, it says his faithfulness is incomparable. In Psalm 89, verse 33, it says his faithfulness is unfailing. It says in Psalm 36.5, his faithfulness is infinite. It doesn't end. And it says in Psalm 119.90, Faithfulness of God is everlasting. Richard Strauss. I'm going to share a little bit about what he said about this. He is faithfulness in assuring our salvation. We, we already saw some scripture on that, right? Secondly, he is faithful in providing us victory while we live here in this world now. We know there's ultimate victory, but right now we have victory over sin. We have triumphed. Thirdly, He is faithful to forgive us of our sins. Fourthly, finally, He is faithful in sustaining us through suffering, which is guaranteed in this world. One of the times when we're most tempted to doubt God, when those times come, when we are tempted to doubt God, and sometimes some of us might say, I I did doubt Him. This temptation comes when we're going through a suffering that just strikes our lives. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense that God would allow this to happen. There's no reason for it. I can't see it. And we can search our lives and say, well, there must be some kind of sin. Maybe something that uh, I deserve punishment from God. And whatever God has allowed to happen to us, maybe I don't deserve that. Why, God? He's forgotten all about me. He, he forgot. He doesn't care about me. Look where I'm at. Look, look what has happened. Look where He's, he's led me to. This, this, is, this is horrible. This can't be from God. I want to tell you, He is so faithful, He'll keep every promise He has ever made. And that's the greatest encouragement that we can possibly have as we sit here this morning because we still live these lives. And I know it's a dark world out there. And I'll be honest with you, if it weren't for Christ, I really wouldn't want to live here. I wouldn't like it. I can have my own little, I can search for fun if I didn't have Christ. That's the qualifier. If you have Christ, you see it in a whole different light. You put your triangle glasses on, you can say, oh, God has a different way of looking at this, doesn't He? And He wants us to look at it. That's why we come here on Sunday mornings. That's why we come here on Wednesday nights. That's why each one of us read our Word daily. And that's why we meditate upon the Word, right? Because we need to be instilled in that because the world is striking up against you constantly. The Bible contains thousands of precious promises from God. At least one of them, I can guarantee you, at least one of them is going to have application to every conceivable situation that you're in. Is there anybody here that said, yeah, God has always come through, but there was one time He never hid? Yeah. I didn't think He was going to come through, and He didn't. I think... I think there's nobody here that would say that. I hope. 
But during the time, you might have said something like that. I'm telling you, this is great encouragement, folks. Every situation, say financial, yeah, yeah. How about terminal illness? How about the loss of a loved one? It's there. It's faithful. How about family t- family tensions? How about anything else? A faithful God can be trusted in the worst or the best of situations. So that's God the Father. Let's look at Jesus Christ who is faithful. It says in Hebrews 2.17, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read it real quickly here. Therefore, He had to be made like His brethren in all things, so that He might become a merciful, and you ready for this? And faithful high priest. He's the interceder. Didn't we do that in one of the confessions a week or two ago about the mediator? He is the faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 2.17. Look in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. So when things aren't going right, turn to God's Word. Go there. You can say, I know, I know. Go there. Hebrews 3, 1 and 2. Therefore, holy brethren. Do you know that's what you are? You're holy brothers and sisters. You're set apart. It's already been happening. Partakers of a heavenly calling. Partakers. Consider Jesus. Okay, you having your doubts? Consider. Think upon Jesus. What is He? He's the Apostle. The Apostle and High Priest of our confession. He said, where's faithfulness? Well, you haven't been patient. Look at verse 2. He was faithful to Him who appointed Him. As Moses also was in all His house. Jesus was appointed. He was faithful to the Father. Jesus was. He is faithful, isn't He? All the way, in everything, He was faithful. Right? So we have the Father faithful. We have Jesus faithful. Look in Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. Oh, I love this. Isn't it great to be reminded? Are you guys getting good news here? Are you getting refreshed? Verse 11, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called what? Faithful and true. He did come back. In Revelation 19, He is coming back to us. As far as eternity is concerned, this is what John saw. It's going to happen. He's going to come back on that white horse. Are you ready? <laughs> That's great. 1 John 1, 9. Oh, everybody has done this as a memory verse, I would think. If we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful to forgive us. And of course, Philippians 2, 7-9, through 9, the epitome of humility where He cast aside some of the miraculous things that He could have done in His humanness. Even though He's God, He was still man, and He laid those things aside. He was faithful to the Father and everything. He was obedient to the point of death. Folks, that is faithfulness. To die for our terrible sins. If we'd have been good and have no sins, it was like, why would He die? Oh, He died for the sins. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, it says in Revelation 1.5 the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to Him who loves us and released us from our sins by His blood. We know that be true. And in Revelation 3.14, the Amen, the faithful and true witness. He's the faithful witness. And the Holy Spirit is faithful. Because it says in Ephesians chapter 1, after we've seen the great position that we are and we see the Father there in Ephesians 1, we see the Son, and then right at verse 13, we see, um, in Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit 
of promise. He's the reason now we can believe the promises that are in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit impresses upon us because without Him we could not, we would not believe those promises. The Holy Spirit does. And it says, who were sealed and who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession. While you're going through this life, just keep remembering what's ahead. It's always there. It's always about the next life to come, which is really the life we're already in. There is one life. We have eternal life, but yet there is the eternalness aspect of of, um, our new bodies and seeing the Lord as He is. And it's to the praise of His glory. Holy Spirit there is faithful. He sealed us. And we know that that was a guarantee. It said that, right? He's the guarantee of our inheritance. Okay, God's Word is trustworthy. Not only is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but the Word of God is. As sure as the earth is concerned. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. And we know in Psalm 119, 105 it says, and that, that's because the word says right there, it doesn't necessarily the word it. But in Psalm 119, 105, Debbie knows that real well. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That was one of the first songs we ever started doing at our church back 30 years ago. Remember that one? Did that one? Right out of song. 119. Thy word. Thy word. Okay, you know, uh, we have looked at God in this, haven't we? And in the triune God. And we've also seen that we've seen it defined. We've seen God is faithful. And that's where it all starts. And so the next time you go through a time where uh, you maybe feel like you're really in a storm, folks, we all are. You're not alone. You say, I thought I was the only one. Believe me, every one of us go through them. Different ones, but we do. And you might be at rest right now, but there's another storm that's going to come. We have storms to remind us of that. We know we're in January, and we know there's going to be a winter storm coming. We can count on that probably. But you know what? Those things should remind us of the trials that we go through, and there's one reason for it. God is faithful that He'll get us through it, and it's really to strengthen us here. And if we can ever get that down, and it takes a lifetime to learn it, I'm still learning it. I don't think I'm learning very good sometimes. But He's drilling it into me. Let's take some examples of faithfulness. You can say, yeah, that's God, and of course He's going to be faithful, and I believe that. Okay, if you believe that, that's great, because that's where it starts, because nothing else matters if you don't believe that. And we could stop right here with just that thought. But let's look at some human beings. Let's think of Paul. So well, Paul was a saint. Yeah, and so are you. Second <laughs> Corinthians eleven, verse twenty-three. Okay, you think you've had it bad? Think you really had it bad, huh? Are they saving servants of Christ? Oh, I speak as if insane. This is the great apostle Paul. I more so. In far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number. Have you ever been beaten? Have you ever been beaten without number? Often in danger of death. Have you been in danger of death? Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Has that ever happened to you? I bet there's not anybody in here that can say that. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. I don't think there's anybody could say that. Once I was stoned. I don't think anybody could say that. I'll just keep going. I don't know if you can say anything about any of these. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers. Dangers from robbers. Dangers from my countrymen. Dangers from the Gentiles. Danger in the city. Dangers in the wilderness. Dangers on the sea. Are you getting the idea? Dangers among the false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is a daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without intense concern? He says, you think you've been there? I want to tell you something. I've even experienced it more. Was he bragging? That's not the point. He says, if I have to boast, I'll boast of what pertains to my weakness. I'm weak. I'll boast about God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now turn to 2 Timothy. Did you see what all he went through? Can, can you really put yourself in that? I, 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 don't, I don't really think I can even... I can't get the handle on that. I think this is overwhelming of what happened to him. And God got him through. Look at this. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. This is at the end of the story. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. That is faithfulness. Through what he went through and he kept believing God, said, I quit. I've had enough of this God thing. It's not working. Why should I waste my time? You ever know anybody that's ever said that? I quit. Well, if you're a Christian, he didn't let you quit. He will not let you quit. It's just that now you're going to suffer a little bit more while you're saying that. I'd like to give up, Lord. Paul didn't say that. He's a human just like us. Just like us. I finished the course. I I, I fought the faith. I, I, I kept it. In the future, here we go again. You see, what's coming later is what you have to keep your eye on. You keep your eye on the end of the race. You keep looking. Don't look down at your feet. When you look down at your feet while you're running, what are you going to do? You're going to trip every time. You keep looking straight ahead. Hebrews chapter 12. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. You keep that promise of the second coming forever before you. Do you love His second coming that him, him coming back for us, you can't wait. Say, well, I have a few things I'd like to finish first. Oh, <laughs> oh come quickly. Lord Jesus. That's the motive, isn't it? That's our motive. He's coming back. We look at what He's done for us and we see what He's doing now. And I don't feel it. But we look at what is happening. Sometimes He will get those feelings to us. Another one that I can't spend much time on, I really can't, it's, it's Joseph out of Genesis 39. And I want to tell you, there is a young man who was really put into a challenge. And I'll briefly tell you the story. I'd like to read the whole chapter there, but you know the story. His brothers didn't like him. He served in the house of Jacob, his father. And as far as we see, we don't see that he had sinned. Now, he's a sinner like anybody else, but we don't see any sins of him. You can say, well, maybe there's a matter of pride. No, he just said what God told him about, about you know, he, of course, the, the coat of many colors that his father had given him and everything. Well, his brothers are jealous, and guess what they do? They are ready to kill him, and then actually what happens is that he's thrown into a pit, actually probably to die, Or you have some other guys coming along and they are uh, going to buy him. And they buy him. He is a slave, really, is what it comes down to. They take him to Egypt, a foreign land. 
And then he becomes a servant in Potiphar's house. Not bad. A servant in Potiphar's house. But he's tempted there. He's tempted continually by the wife of Potiphar. Sexually. And finally, David cannot handle it. He can't take it because he knows that he's got to get out of there and he runs. And remember, his cloak was left there and he takes out. He, he runs from something that he knew was not right. He kept himself true. She was married. She was an unbeliever. To good enough reasons, that, that would have been adultery. Even when he was not married adultery. He gets away from it. He runs out of something as he knows truly the temptation that he's given. And he's not justifying himself. No, he runs out. Well, what does that do? You can say, well, God didn't reward him very good because where did he wind up at? (laughs) The Potiphar actually throws him in jail because God wanted Joseph to be faithful and Joseph was faithful. And he knew the truth. He knew the word. He knew what he was supposed to do. And he can say, well, what kind of, see, see what happens? You're faithful to God and look what He puts you into the next thing. Boom. You know, he reminds you of Paul, right? He's faithful to God and guess what happened? That's just the reality. You can say, well, why do I want to be a Christian then? Good question to ask. Count your cost. But would you, as a Christian, ever trade it for anything else? What else is out there? And there's a reason for all this. He works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And Joseph said something like that at the end of the story in Genesis chapter 50. Because God used him later after years in prison. But as he was in prison, guess what? God put him in leadership in that prison. He ran the jail. (laughs) And as a result of that, he winds up running the country. And he might as well say running the world because he saved his own countrymen, Israel, which is God, what God had in mind. God meant this for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant this for good. God knew what He was all doing. That's the providence of God. We can't see Him in His interweaving. See, that's the whole idea. Put this into perspective. You can say, well, here's what I see. Ah, oh, but what has God done in the past with me or anybody else in the Bible? Start looking back at truth and say, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to come to the end. But I can tell you what, it's going to be good. This is, this is a blessing. God has turned this. I don't want this, but I'll tell you what, He's, making it, he's going to make it work out good. You see, the story after story after story. What did He do with Esther? She listened to um, the, the Word that was brought to her. And you know what? She she kept herself pure. And you know what? God delivered. Faithful in spite of trials. Faithful in spite of temptations. And you know, in 1 Peter 4.19, God tests our faith so that we may trust His faithfulness. My 1 Peter 4.19. Why does it go so quick here? Why? We're having too much fun. Okay. Can we say that? Alright, verse 19. Therefore, those who also suffer according to the will of God. Did you guys catch that? You get the suffer, but did you get the next phrase? The will of God. Did you know it's the will of God that we suffer? All those who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. Uh, shall entrust their souls to a what? A faithful Creator in doing what is right. You keep doing what is right and say, I've done everything right, Dennis. Believe me, there are a lot of times I say, Lord, I've done everything. I've tried to do everything that I thought You wanted to. But why is why don't I see these things? Well, if you've been faithful... Just count on the faithful Creator. C.H. Spurgeon reminds us of this. We must be tried, or we cannot magnify the faithful God who will not leave His people. He will not leave His people. 
we'll magnify him when we go through that. And in spite of tragedies, Joseph was back in the pit once again. He was in a prison. It looks like all those dreams that he had would never be fulfilled. Remember the dream that he had? They would be serving him. He remained faithful in spite of everything. And the worst of circumstances. He did his job there in the prison. He did so well that he ran actually the, the place and then he ran the palace. And in, and in uh, that chapter 39, verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph. The verse also says that the Lord showed him mercy. In verse 23, it tells us that the Lord was with him. It also says, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. That's faithfulness. There are going to be times when the bottom is going to fall out of your life. And when that happens, there will be a temptation to give up and quit on God. I quit God. I quit the church. I quit this. I quit that. The flesh will say, what's the use? I've been faithful. And I've done the right thing. And still trouble comes. I might as well give up. Well, you know who's talking to you? Satan will tell you what you would just like to do. You just quit. You ought to quit. You don't deserve all this that's happening to you. Look, you've done everything right. Even some of the people around you will tell you that you're, what you're serving is wrong. Why are, you, why are you doing that? See? You're just wasting your time. You're going nowhere. Look, look at the trouble you're in now. Look at that. I want to tell you, the world around you, the flesh around you, the devil, they're all liars. They're liars. Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim's Progress. Look at that. Boy, that's the story, isn't it? Yeah. That's our story. That's our journey. That's what's happening. You can say, what's happening to me? You're having a journey. And I'm not just trying to, to, to give down. Actually, this is all good news. There, most of the time, things go pretty good, don't they? Really. But we forget to count the blessings when they are. That's the thing. God wants us to remain faithful. He wants us to work in His perfect eternal plan. God blessed Joseph. Remember that. Joseph remained faithful. I've seen people in the valley of depression be used of the Lord. I've seen people held in the grip of terminal illness and they were used by the Lord. They let God use their cancer. I've seen people who didn't have a dime to their name and still God used them. If you'll be faithful where He puts you, He'll use you there for His glory. And so we close out with some application. I don't have much at all. One more point. As a result of who God is, we are to be faithful to God. If you look back and look at all those those texts that we just had, and, and those are very few compared to what we could have gone through. But the one that I like and that really rings a bell. And I just want to finish with this Scripture and I won't do the whole story because you know the parable. Uh, it would take a, an hour to go through a parable here probably. But in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it starts that parable. It's the parable of the talents. And, and you know, uh, uh, you have... Five talents. Then you have one with two talents. And then one with one talent. And it says in verse 19, Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents. He added five. Saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, this is stewardship, isn't it? He was faithful with the five talents. You entrusted me with that. See, I have gained five more talents for you. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. Well done. Isn't that what we want to hear? Amen. What about the next one? You were faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. This is what you gave me. See, I've gained two more talents. 
And his master said to him, same thing, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter in the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Here's the one who quits. Here's the one that really is not true. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And so I went away and I hid your talent on the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. You knew that, huh? Is that what you think? then you ought to have my put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the talents. For to everyone who has, has more shall be given and he'll have an abundance, but from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well done, good and faithful servant or slave. That's faithful to God. When you're faithful to God, you're going to be faithful to your family. You're going to be faithful to your wife, if you have one. You're going to be faithful to your husband, if you have one. You're going to be faithful to your brother or your sister, aunt, uncle, name it, grandpa, grandma, grandchildren, whatever. You'll also be faithful to the church. You guys are faithful in coming. Thank you for continuing to come to support this because if you don't come, we don't have a church. We don't have a church, we're not here. We don't get blessed by God's Word as we look at it this morning. Faithful to the church. Keep improving on that. Don't just be satisfied with that, but be faithful in all that. We're to even be faithful in our finances. You guys have been faithful. Keep it up. And that's... Of course, in Luke 16, he talks about that. I'm not going to spend any time. That's dealing with stewardship. Whatever he's given you, put it to the kingdom and let God bless it. Let it expand out more. I finish with this. The greatest thing that can ever be said about you and me, as far as our walk with the Lord is concerned, was said right here. We were faithful. We sit here, I'm telling you, folks, we have been blessed and blessed abundantly. And all you have to do is look back. Look back where you have been, what He's done, where He's taking you. I want to be found faithful. How about you? Do you guys want to be found faithful? I want to be faithful to my family. I want to be faithful to my wife. I want to be faithful to my call. I want to be faithful to my Lord. I want to be faithful to this church. I want to be faithful in the pulpit. I want that. I want to be faithful to the one who has never been unfaithful to me when I have been. See, anytime we sinned, we've been unfaithful. But look up. Dear friends, just keep living for Jesus. And when it doesn't seem to be paying off, and that happens, just keep praying when the answers aren't coming. They will. Keep going to church when it seems as dry as dust to you. Keep praising God even if you don't have the strength. Praising through your tears. If you'll stay faithful in the prisons of life, remember Joseph? Remember Paul? God will get glory from your life. And He'll bless you in ways you could never, ever imagine. Do you think Joseph ever imagined how it was going to turn out? Are you as faithful to the Lord as you could be? No. No. Is there room for improvement? Yes. We can keep getting better. We haven't arrived yet. We have the fruit of the Spirit and we have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Joseph was faithful. Jesus is faithful. And I want to be found faithful too. You want to be found faithful too. If He has spoken today, 
We're making a covenant with Him. Lord, help us to be more faithful in our walks. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call up the musicians. I'm thankful to these faithful musicians. They're here every week. They're here to practice and get things ready so that it enhance our worship. They give their time practicing, working on it to bring it together. You people are faithful in your prayers, in your singing as we do that, in in listening to the Word, in, in attending, being there, and sharing with people, and, and when pe- meeting needs. You really are. You're faithful. And it's because of this great song. Now what, you, what I want you to do is grab your hymn books, and hopefully some of them are in the racks. You might have to look around a little bit. And... We're all going to stand, sing this song, and this is the very point of our communion today. As we will take the ingredients, these ingredients would speak the faithfulness of God. And it's a thank you. Number forty seven. Uh you've got a different hymn. Oh, okay. And it's an each one, right? You guys ready? I want to hear a boisterous singing. want to take a scripture and let this sink into our hearts as we leave here today. Lamentations is a lament. Jeremiah wrote it. He's called the weeping prophet. It's because of this. He's a man of God. I just want to read what we what we say. Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We just sang that, right? That song was based on this. Out of Lamentations. I'm just going to take just a minute. What's this in the context of? This blows your mind. When you think of what God did in afflicting this great man of God, 
and great because of God. I'm just going to read a verse or two, and you can read right on through until we got to where that verse where we were at, there around verse 22 and 23. And I'm just going to pick out a few here and there. If you think you have life tough, how many have read Job? <laughs> how many have heard of Job? Have you heard about Jeremiah? Oh, by the way, there was one in chapter 1 that kind of blew me away too. He says, Is it nothing to all you who pass this way? Look and see if there's any pain like my pain. That's Jeremiah. You think you have pain? See if it's like my pain. Look and see if there's any pain like my pain which was severely dealt out to me. From who? Which the Lord inflicted on the day of His fierce anger. It wasn't necessarily the anger that God had at Jeremiah, but He went to affliction. He had anger on the nation of Israel. And Jeremiah is the one who is having to give the Word of God to the people. And they don't want to hear it. And Jeremiah was in terrible affliction. Now in chapter 3, like I said, I'm not trying to take up this time. It's time to go. Look at this. He says in verse 1, I am the man who has seen affliction. Because of the rod of his wrath that he has on the nation. He has to be part of, he's part of the nation. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. I want to tell you, the next few verses are in... They're dark. They're very dark. And so how can we end our message with this today? How can we commune with this? Surely against me, He has turned His hand repeatedly all the day. Jeremiah, are, are, are you blaspheming? He has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In dark places He has made me dwell like those who have long been dead. He has walled me in so that I cannot go out. He has made my chain heavy. See, the, the enemy is outside the wall. They're, they besieged the city. There's no food. By the way, if you want to look at the end of chapter 2, you'll see what happens. Many of the Israelite ladies and men turned into cannibals and ate their own children. This is how desperate the situation is. Jeremiah had to go through this. Was he a man of God? Yes. He has blocked my ways with tombstone. He has made my paths crooked. He is to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in secret places. He's not talking about Babylon. He's talking about the afflictions that God gave. God could have delivered it. He has turned aside my ways and torn me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He just keeps multiplying this. I have become a laughingstock to all my people. Their mocking song all the day. He is filled with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. Literally. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I strength, my strength has perished. And so is my hope from the Lord. What if we just walked out right now? That leaves you hanging, doesn't it? What's the next section? It's our song that we just sang. Great is thy faithfulness. Did you know this? Look at this. He says, remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. Are you ready? The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And we could go on and on. That's what we want to hear. The other part, though, happens. It's part of life. He was really afflicted. Look what God did. Wow. God does things that we can't imagine. We like to strike out the things we don't want to hear and hear the things that we, you know, are really positive. But... We have real lives. And we do go through afflictions. Physical, spiritual, financially. I mean, you can go on and on. There are things that we have to deal with, but at the same time, what are we great is your faithfulness. But he was, what was he doing? He was complaining. But yet it was, he knew the true God. And he did like Job did. He remained faithful all the way through that. Why God? But yet, he knew the answer. He went back to the Word of God. He went back to the promises. And you see how it finishes up? And that was taken to extreme. 
we probably won't ever experience all of them. I'm not trying to make... But that is the Word of God. And so you might wonder, and trying to piece everything together that's going on in your life, and you say, God, is that sovereign that He's using all of these? He's not using people or ordained us for our good. Because we don't know how what the end is. We know right now. But we know what He's going to do though. And in that, we take the elements knowing He's faithful based upon what He did at the cross. And so we'll take that and we'll close.